Welcome everyone, so good to see you all. Um, so uh, as I said um, a minute or so ago, this is the beginning of a new school year and um, happily that means we may have um, some new people who come to this class. It's wonderful to see both um, familiar and unfamiliar faces. It's really nice to see new people. Um, and so, uh, because we always have a um, mixture of experience levels, but um, actually I think for the last year, it's been a pretty steady group actually. So, um, but, um, so I think I've, I've been able to assume a certain level of familiarity with meditation practice, which I don't want to assume tonight, but I have in store, um, uh, some practices and remarks that I think will actually um, speak to both kinds of audiences. Um, for those who might be unfamiliar, even totally new to meditation, um, this will be a good um, gateway to practice. But for those of you meditating for decades, I hope that um, what we do tonight will also have something to offer you. I, I, I think it will. Um, so, uh, what we're going to do is experiment with a very sort of mm, basic may not be the right word, but simple, fundamental kind of awareness practice, um, which will begin using one meditation anchor. And I'll explain what anchors are, but just the breath. Um, and then we'll experiment with what it feels like to add a second anchor, the anchor of sound. And then a third anchor, which is the anchor of, of sensations in a part of the body. Um, so for those who are relatively new to the practice or out of practice, um, the one anchor may be plenty. It may be all that you can comfortably do um, tonight, um, but you never know. And I think maybe the first thing that is actually um, worth saying and worth repeating over and over again, is that it's good to let go of expectations every single time you sit. You never know how it's gonna feel. Um, and that goes for people who've been doing it for years, you know? Um, so, <clears throat> so the interesting thing though, will be to see what it feels like to add a second and third anchor, how that changes the quality of our awareness. Um, and then I'll have some remarks about what that change in the quality of our awareness says about meditation practice more generally, um, especially how it can um, give us clues to what it is to be with difficult sensations, whether pain or psychological distress, you know. Um, so let's begin just by using one anchor and then we'll progressively build up. And if at any point you feel like um, the level we've gotten to feels like just too much of a mental strain, um, like, you know, I just, this two second or third anchor just feels, I don't, I don't, I, that's too much, I can't, I can't figure this out. Just go back to the last point, which was comfortable. So it may be just following the breath. Following the breath is plenty. <laughs> it can take a long time to feel comfortable with that, you know. So <clears throat> please um, get into a comfortable position, 
which uh, means that the back is upright, um, but not stiff, not stiffly upright, but just, you know, erect in a dignified way. And the key reason we want the back to be upright is because we want the front of the body to not be collapsed or scrunched over, which impedes the flow of the breath. So really the whole point of this is to allow the breath to move in and out of the body as freely as is possible for us. So firm back, soft front is how some people like to describe the essence of a meditation posture. So experiment a bit, find the balance point where you feel like you can be upright and the chest and belly are soft, able to expand freely. And once you found that position, let your hands rest either in your lap or on your thighs. And let's take a few deep breaths to settle into this practice session. So please breathe in deeply through the nose. And as you breathe in, visualize the air being drawn into the spinal column. You might even imagine that your spine is like one of those long, thin balloons that people make balloon animals out of, you know, long, you know, hot dog-like shapes. And you're inflating your spine, filling it up with air. And then when it's full, exhale slowly out of your slightly open mouth. Letting the exhalation be nice and slow. And please just breathe in and out in this way for five to seven more times, breathing in through the nose, visualizing your spine inflating, lengthening, elongating, and exhaling through your slightly open mouth in a nice, slow, measured way. Now please let your breath come and go at its own pace, no longer artificially elongating in breath or out breath. And you can let your mouth close, breathe in and out through the nose and just let the breath breathe itself, whether that be short and rapid or deeper and slower, it doesn't matter. And now let your awareness settle on the inside of the tip of your nose. It's the soft tissue, the very end of your nostrils, where if you let your awareness stay there for a bit, you'll begin to feel sensations produced by your breath as it enters and exits your body. At first, the sensations of the breath in the nose may be very, very faint, 
that's okay. Just let the awareness stay there. Feel whatever sensations there are to feel. And then when the awareness or your mind gets pulled away by anything, distractions, thoughts, emotions, just gently bring your awareness back. The sensations of the breath. Sometimes when your mind gets carried away by thinking, it can help to say silently to yourself, thinking as a way of breaking the spell of that thought, acknowledging it before bring your awareness back to the breath. So you might experiment with that. Try that simple notation, thinking, and then come back to the breath. For those of you who are relatively new to meditation, you might be stunned to see how hard it is to keep your awareness on the breath, how many thoughts are racing through your mind. It's one of the most important lessons of meditation practice, seeing just how hectic and wild our minds are. But it's easy to make the mistake of thinking that the point of a practice like this is to stay focused on the breath and somehow never to be pulled away by thoughts. But that is not the point. The point is to cultivate awareness. And so whenever you're pulled away by thoughts and you say thinking or just a note that you're thinking, you are actually practicing exactly what this is all about, awareness. You're being aware of thoughts, and then you're being aware of the breath, and then you're being aware of thoughts. So it's important not to get the wrong idea that somehow thinking is a problem. Part of the point of this practice is to become more clearly aware of our thoughts,
as you continue being aware of the breath, see how granular your awareness of the sensations can become. At first, the breath feels faint. Maybe you barely can sense the breath at all. But as you stay with the breath, you can feel more subtle shifts in the sensations throughout the course of each breath. Let your awareness of the sensations become ever more intimate and granular. Even very experienced meditators can judge themselves for not being able to follow the breath well enough. But that's just more thinking. When you notice judgment or frustration or any kind of thought or emotion, just note it. And then come back to the breath. Some people, when they bring their awareness back to the breath after they note their, that they've been thinking, are in a hurry or really trying to yank their awareness back to the breath as if they never want to lose track of the breath. They want to hold tight to it. But this produces effortfulness and tension in the experience of meditation. When you notice that you're thinking, Try actually relaxing for a second before bringing your awareness back to the breath so that you're not in any hurry. You're not exerting too much effort. You're coming back to the breath in a relaxed, leisurely way. Experiment with that. Not rushing back to the breath, but coming back to it in a soft and gentle way.
I want to offer one more modification to the way we relate to our thoughts. Sometimes it can be useful when you're noting your thoughts to know what kind of thought you're having. So perhaps you're thinking about work or you're thinking about your partner or you're thinking about your parents. You can just say that silently to yourself, thinking about my parents, thinking about school, thinking about work. It can help give you a bit more distance from those thoughts and over time, it helps you see more clearly what kinds of thoughts are pulling you away, grabbing your attention. Now let's add a second anchor in addition to the breath. So while you continue feeling the sensations of the breath in the nose, please also let your awareness encompass all the sounds in the space around us. Open yourself up to whatever sounds are around you. as you continue feeling the breath in your nose. So you're not listening for particular sounds, you're not trying to identify sounds, just receiving in a passive way, whatever sounds there may be around you. At first, you may need to toggle back and forth between sounds and breath. They may be difficult or impossible to hold breath and sounds in your awareness at the same time. But with time and practice, you'll be able to be aware of both simultaneously. So see how that feels, experiment. Experiment toggling and experiment holding both sound and breath in awareness simultaneously. And when thoughts carry away, 
Would you forget to listen, forget to follow the breath? Just note that and come back to the two anchors of sounds and breath. Can you feel even the most subtle sensations in your nose as you breathe, while also hearing everything it is possible to hear around you? Can you make your sensing and your hearing granular, textured, sensitive? If this feels too difficult, like it's causing you strain, please return to just following the breath. But for those of you who feel like this is okay, let's try adding a third anchor. So along with sounds and breath, now please include in your awareness the sensations in your hands. Feel the sensations in the tissue, the muscles of your hands, and also the sensations of the air in this room or wherever you may be, 
on the skin of your hand. But while you do that, stay aware as much as possible of sounds around you and of your breath in your nose. One interesting thing about using this many anchors is that if you try too hard to focus on any one of them, you can't focus on the others. By using this many anchors, we need to soften and open our awareness in order to be able to hold them all simultaneously. It's one of the advantages to using multiple anchors but it takes a special kind of soft effort to open our awareness in this way. And part of the art of this practice is feeling our way into that kind of soft, open awareness. As the bell rings, can you feel the vibrations, not just with your ears, but with your whole body? Now when thoughts or sensations or emotions emerge in your awareness, see if you can fold them into this open awareness that includes breath, sounds, and body. Can you stay aware of the three anchors while making room in this awareness for 
whatever sensations you're feeling, whatever thoughts you're having. Let whatever sensations, emotions, or thoughts there might be emerge, but held in this open awareness, If you feel discomfort or an urge to move or to scratch an itch or anything, can you be aware of that impulse, that desire within this spacious awareness that we've cultivated? Letting whatever arises just float be there in open awareness. So I'm gonna begin talking a little bit about what we've been doing. Feel free to continue sitting um, or at least maintaining this kind of awareness, but also feel free to move your body to be comfortable. Um, so I guess I wanna first um, open the floor for any questions that people might have had about what we did or anything they might want to share about how um, these different steps might have felt, anything that they found interesting um, or you know notable about how awareness shifted and changed as we added more anchors. So then let me just say a few words and see if um, anything comes from there. So um, the classic you know, version of mindfulness practice uses one anchor, the breath or something like that. Um, and I think it's really natural for it to feel like we're directing our mind in one direction towards one thing. 
And when thoughts pull us away, we're pulling our awareness back to the anchor, right? Um, so it's like a kind of a movement away and back, away and back. I think it's possible to cultivate a very open awareness with just an, one anchor of the breath. Um, it doesn't have to be single pointed, but it's very natural to feel that it's just kind of like focus on one thing. I think the real benefits of having two or even three anchors is that, as I suggested during the meditation, it's very difficult to try to focus in that kind of single-minded way on anything and hold more than one anchor at the same time. So it almost like overtaxes our awareness so that it has to in some way kind of ultimately soften and relax precisely because it's so hard. It has to relax because it can't hold all of that at the same time. Now, it may not be something you experienced this time, but with time and practice, it's um, a pretty predictable effect of this kind of um, awareness practice. Um, and, but once that happens and we can have this sense of a bigger, more open, spacious kind of awareness, then it allows us to be with our thoughts and sensations and emotions in a different way, which I think is ultimately the important thing about these kinds of practices. So no longer is a thought that emerges or a sensation or an emotion that emerges, something that pulls us away from our object of focus, or something that we can sense within much more broad and open field of awareness. So we can begin to sense like, oh, I have this uncomfortable sensation, but I can feel it at the same time as I also am feeling my hands, feeling sounds and feeling my breath. Now, maybe my awareness of those anchors isn't quite as sharp when a thought or a sensation is pronounced, but I think it's very possible to feel the three anchors and also feel almost like a fourth anchor, fourth spot, that sensation or emotion or thought, whatever it may be. Um, and so it just can change our relationship to what emerges during practice, not as something that's pulling away from something, but actually that all of it's happening within awareness, which is big enough, soft enough to hold it all. Because the point of this, again, is not to not think, it's not to have no sensations, not to never be distracted. That, you know, that I can imagine someone making that the point. I think actually a lot of people meditate as if that were the point, but it's not the point. The point is to cultivate this bigger kind of awareness so that we have a different relationship to what's emerging in our minds and bodies. Um, we can just see things come up. They stay for a while, depending on what they are. And with time, they pass away and other things emerge because we're alive. We have thoughts, we have feelings, we have emotions. So we don't want to live catatonic, you know, lives like in a trance state, right? We want to have our experience, but have a different relationship to the experience. That's ultimately one of the points of this kind of practice um, so that we're not so caught up in the thought or the feeling or the emotion that comes up. It's not our whole reality at that point but rather something that's part of a bigger reality. I'm not just that thought, oh my God, I gotta get that job done. Oh, how am I gonna have time? 
I can feel that thought emerge, even feel the tightness in my produce in my chest and say, but there's also the space around it. Over time, we become more comfortable recognizing that we're not actually just the thoughts or feelings or emotions, but that we are actually more fundamentally that spacious awareness, which can hold it all. And once that starts to click in, our relationship to our thought patterns or scripts or habits shift and the grip that those thoughts and emotions and all that has on us starts to soften. It is a slow and gradual process. Um, it can take a lot of time, but that's one way of understanding what's going on as we do this. Um, but also this idea of an open, spacious awareness that these multiple anchors makes available to us allows us to think of a practice in another way too, which is as a kind of long-term movement between constriction and openness. So it's like a slightly metaphoric, but actually once you do this for all, you realize it's not metaphoric at all. It's actually quite literal, you know, that we see that as we get caught up in certain kinds of thoughts or feelings or perhaps sensations, that awareness that sometimes feels more open actually constricts. And the most constricted is when we feel like there is nothing but that fear. That fear is, that fear is everything. Or there's nothing but that anxiety or that anger or that jealousy or whatever it is. Like that is reality. Like that is the most single pointed form of constriction where the universe has become so small. But then it can open. And maybe we can see that that anxiety is something that happens here but there's also these other sensations and there's the sounds around me and there's the feel of the air in the room as well. Um, and so I'd be interested to hear if people can speak to that sense of constriction openness. But I think the last thing I wanna say just for tonight, cause this has already been actually quite a lot is that this is not a one directional process as if when we practice, we begin constricted and then we open and open and open and open, right? But rather we feel like, okay, I'm just a wreck. I'm just anxious. We begin to meditate and realize, oh, there's a little bit more space, but then it constricts again. Maybe not as tight, maybe tighter. Open a little bit more, it constricts. And I think it's really, and this is actually more for the people who've been meditating for a long time, it is so important to appreciate the way in which it's not a linear journey, but that, that openness and constriction is a constant dynamic in our lives and in our practices, that we will feel more spaciousness, but often an increase in spaciousness so that maybe there's a sitting or a period in our lives where we feel more open than we've ever felt before. You know, sometimes you have a sitting you're like, Oh my God, I just feel so, so spacious. And we shouldn't be surprised if the next hour or the next day, we feel suddenly like more irritable than we felt in a long time or so more easily set off and more constricted or whatever it might be. There's a kind of interest, like it's, 
it's a it's a movement it's not just back and forth you know i think over time it can be a gradual tendency towards greater openness in general but it's going to be full of these moments of relative and sometimes even extreme constriction because it's disorienting not to feel like we can know who we are that i know i know what i think i have my beliefs i have my patterns right and those cause us suffering, but they're also profoundly familiar, you know. Um, and this spaciousness, it's not solid by its very nature. And so sometimes it can just, it's almost like there's a reaction to that very softening, wants to tighten up. Um, so um, anyway, it would be interesting to hear people speak to that because I, I i'm quite sure that people have felt that sense of sort of opening and tightness you know opening and tightness um and um and sometimes when we first meditate i mean for those of you who remember the first time or for those of you who may be doing it for the first time sometimes when you meditate it actually feels a little bit worse for a little while than before you meditate because you know, before you meditated, you actually were not really paying that much attention or you're finding ways to distract yourself from how you're actually feeling. And so suddenly quiet down, you realize, oh, wait, wow, it feels, I feel not so good. But then it can, over time, soften and open. Um, okay, I'm going to pause here and just hear if, just want to leave room for people to offer their thoughts ask questions, but especially offer their thoughts, yeah. But also be interested to just hear how people experience the two and three anchors. Yeah, it's been a little while, a couple of months since we did that in this class, so. I have a thought on the constricting and opening. I was thinking a little bit about what you said last time, Bernie, about completion and fearing the absence of it. And I guess I find that at times when I feel that I'm really um, doing what I want to be doing in my practice, um, I feel successful for lack of a better word um i that's the most dangerous unproductive attitude that i that i have because i feel like things are going well and that means that um boards some when in reality it is an ebb and flow and i think sometimes that ebb is um, a much more, um, a, a time when I think I grow a lot more than the periods when I smoothly, just because there is that realization that it is a, a process of um, constriction, opening, uh, potentially uh, a feeling of stagnation at times. Mm -hmm. Thank you, James. I've definitely been there. 
you know, and sometimes I even thought, okay, I don't want to fall into, like, I want to like figure out so I will never fall into that trap of feeling satisfied, but then it's just part of what we do, right? You, you, you sort of, um, you don't even have to get that part right, right? You know, in a way, just, just, just watch it all, yeah. Yeah, I think adding on to James's comments, I, I think one of the interesting things about the sense of like, you know, you're working dress, and I, I think that as like a, you know, as a society, we hold like progress and high. One of the most challenging things is just, you know, being being okay and being present with, you know, however you are on a given day, and, you know, you don't have to be, you know, and I think, I think, Bernie, you mentioned, you know, like those, you know, the, the expansion of the contraction, oftentimes when you expand, the mind will just kind of contract um, as like a defense mechanism in some ways. And, and you know, I, I think that, you know, recognizing that, I think that's been one of the hardest things for me is recognizing that, you know, that it's not a regression. It's just, you know, it's just, you know, the mind at work and, and it's okay. And just to be present with that. Um, and then I'll add one more, one more observation as well as I think related to conversation with, with the three anchors that, I think what mind is, you know, like, why do we view suffering, you know, a negative emotion as just, you know, interminable, at least I've experienced that. It seems like, you know, if you're sad, you eliminated and I, and I, what I found in, you know, having this spaciousness with, you know, this recognizing that, you know, like, you know, my sadness is just one thing in this whole kind of, you know, pantheon of other sensations. It kind of makes Seem is indefinite, which which I which I, I found very interesting. Thanks, Matthew. Thank you. I think it's the first time I've meditated like um, in all of this year, maybe longer. And I think um, something I noticed was that. Uh, I'm so comfortable with having many, 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 many thoughts that I can wait for it to be done so I could go back to like not at all thinking about what I'm, what all the things I'm thinking. And something I also noticed was like when I was, um, when I was more aware of like the different thoughts I was having, I realized how many thoughts were happening sort of at random, especially the ones which are maybe thinking about like an irritating person or an irritating instance and how it affects me physically immediately. <laughs> but that it was not, an, it's in no way something I could do anything about now <laughs> or no reason to be thinking about it at present, <laughs> but it seems to urgently come up and maybe other things that I want to think about kind of just to dwell on them. Mm. And so it was nice to realize maybe how much of my physical makeup and my mood comes from these small little thoughts that I maybe don't have to think about all the time. Yeah. And having multiple anchors, I think, made it feel like, like a bowl of stimuli that I could kind of be in the middle of rather than work very hard to push these things. Mm. And just stay on the breath or something, yeah. Yeah, thank you so much, Pallavi. Thank you. Yeah, it's wonderful. It can be hard to sit for the first time after not sitting for a long time. Um, I've, you know, I've been doing this for a long time, but there have been moments where I've, I've drifted away from the practice and come back and, 
it always feels so challenging to suddenly say, oh, wow, the mind is really, you know, it's been stirred up for a long time and just to see that, yeah. yeah. It's nice to have you here. It says my internet connection is unstable, so I hope I hope you guys can hear us okay. I don't know what's how it's looking on your end. Yeah. It, it was hard to hear that last comment. You could? No, I had trouble hearing it. Oh, okay. I think it was too multifaceted. I don't, I, it'll be too complicated for me trying to paraphrase it. So yeah, um, it was a really good one though. <laughs> this is the challenge of our moment. <laughs> Good evening, everyone. Um, I am dealing with feedback, uh, and that's okay, you know. I'm having surgery soon, mm. but I meditate every day and I, I work with the breath. Um, not my nose as much as my abdominal rising. And sound. relaxing it's it's because you just come right through you and I find that very relaxing and then when I feel the pain I try to touch it my breath and then let it go and it does help. And the mental anguish that goes with it, it helps that too. So um, thank you. I, I, I enjoyed tonight. It, it was very beneficial. Thank you, Stacey. And I, I, hope, I, hope you're, I hope you get the treatment that will help with the pain, yeah. I was actually, this um, part of my thinking was last week, Yoshiko, who is not here, um, actually she's asked twice. So I know it's an issue that matters a lot to her. And I think it's one that matters to other people is like dealing with intense physical pain, you know, um, and this kind of wider container as Stacy, as you were just suggesting is I think one of the keys to how to be with pain, but not succumb to the psychic constriction that so often accompanies pain, right? As we tighten up around it. How can we be with pain in a softer way, soften around it? So it can be there because we can't necessarily get rid of it, but how can we not make it worse by then compounding it with so much extra you know, tension and tightness? Um, that's, a, that's a 
more nuanced and complicated practice, but that's part of why I introduced this tonight because I want to lay the groundwork for how we would approach physical discomfort in a in a softer way, just as Stacy was talking about. So. So it is 8.28 or 8.26. I can't actually, my vision is bad. Okay. Um, could we sit for a few minutes um, and then before we say goodnight, unless anyone has something they're moved to say, in which case I would prioritize that completely. Okay. So um, please sit in whatever way feels best to you. It could be following the breath or you could try sitting with three anchors if that felt good to you. And, We'll just do that for a few minutes together before we call it a night, okay?
Okay, everyone. Thank you for coming. Wonderful to see you. Hmm.